You ready to get into the Word this morning? I am so excited about this series, the series on the love of God. This is message four. I want to encourage you, go back, listen to these messages, outline them, because this is a foundational piece to your life as, you're, as you walk with the Lord, as you get to know Him. A revelation of the love of God. What do I mean by that? A revelation of how he loves you unconditionally. Of how that love never wavers no matter where you are. A love that is not based on your behavior, but it is based on his behavior. That revelation is to be a foundation in your life and it is to grow every moment of every day of your life on this earth and will continue to grow every moment of every day throughout all eternity. Think about this. The Lord has been I've, been, I've been meditating on this for a while now, and it's just like one of those things that God is so big, but yet he meets you right where you are, and then he just starts to take you on a journey deeper. He loves you with an everlasting love. And you know, we think of everlasting as, you know what, from here to wherever, his love for me. But no, no, I'm talking everlasting love. So that's this way, and that's this way. Amen. You can't possibly fathom when he began to know you and love you. Because his love for you is everlasting. In other words, try to figure this out, almighty theologian. It never started and it will never end. Wow. Think about how excited God was the day that he was able to form you in your mother's womb. How excited he was to see you come on the scene. He was so excited that he, 2,000 years ago, sent his son to die on a cross for you to take your place so that you would be provided for in every way and you could know him and know that love. Wow, it's powerful. So let's continue on today. The love of God. John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Are, it's the new commandment that Jesus gave us. He said a new commandment. This is just gonna, I'm gonna kind of review really quick to lay a foundation and these scriptures that we've went through before, if you'll notice, we're going to go maybe a little bit deeper. The flow will be a little bit deeper. And it'll get you ready for some new stuff. So we're going to do a lot of watering and planting today. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. In other words, all men are going to know that you and I are identified with Jesus as we love our brothers and our sisters unconditionally. Right? Think about that. You know, that's not just for me to love Pastor Mark, but that doesn't mean I, well, you know, I, I'm, I mean, my spouse, you know, we kind of live together. I mean, we just deal with stuff. No, 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 that's, Jeanette is my lovely wife, 
and she is my precious sister. And I am to love her unconditionally. My children, unconditionally. That means I love them, not based on their behavior, but based on what Jesus did, right? Powerful. Now, let's jump over to Romans chapter 5. We've briefly mentioned this. I want to really open this up a little more to you. This verse is something that has changed my life. It has completely rid my life of worthlessness. Completely. It has completely changed my life in my past. Today, it will continue to change my life. And in the future, as I walk, it will continue to change. And when I say change, I mean transform my life. This is what, this is the verse that literally gives me joy and confidence that I can not only know Jesus intimately, but that I can express him out of my life. That I can actually walk as he walked. Because I can't do that in my own strength. Right? Look at this. And hope maketh not ashamed. Why? Because, look at this truth. This is something that has happened to you, and we look at it so many times and we teach it as something that has happened, but this is not just something that has happened only. This is something that has happened, is happening, and will always happen as long as the Holy Ghost is in you. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is, doesn't say has been, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So now, who is the Holy Ghost? Would you say, could you define the Holy Ghost? He is one of the Trinity. So he is God, right? What is God? He's love. Where does the Holy Spirit live? On the inside of you. Well, he's doing something in the inside of you, and he's kind of this. He's a God that's kind of one of those go big or go home gods. He does not do anything halfway. He doesn't even do anything 100%. So hear me today. You need to have this revelation in your life. God's love is leading me on the inside. He leads me from the inside. Okay? Let's look at this phrase, shed abroad. This Greek word literally means to gush out. It means to bestow something liberally. What is liberally? That's, that's you know, liberally has gotten a kind of a wrong connotation because Satan has twisted that in our nation, Right? That person's liberal. That, that's, not, that's basically anti-God in many, many of their beliefs. But no, liberally, here, it's talking about more than enough. Never stops. Right? Literally means to pour forth, to distribute largely. The foundation of this word is to gush out. Gush out. Something from within 
that gushes out. Okay? So let's look at this. So if this is your spirit, this, didn't, this started happening when you were born again, but it never stopped. So the Holy Spirit made you a brand new spirit. Just, just pretend this is a brand new spirit. Okay? And then when he was in you, did he have to take a picture of love? No, he is love. So he just started, he started gushing out. He just started gushing out. When will, will he ever stop gushing out? He'll never stop gushing out. Do you see, I mean, what is the foundation? This is how, a gushing out of how much he loves you. Because how you love others and even how you love yourself is a byproduct of how you know he loves you. So all of a sudden, he just starts gushing out. So as you're walking, I'm walking by faith. He's just gushing out. I'm probably getting in trouble right now, but he's just gushing out. It is a baptismal service, right? He's just gushing out. He's just gushing out. He never stops gushing out. Amen? Here, let some gush. Oh, just joking. Just, I think a couple drops kind of went out, didn't it? Oh, shoot. Not my fault. Yeah, there we go. The glory, the glory, yeah. Yeah. He never starts gushing out. And notice, when gushing happens, what happens? You start laughing, it's joyful, right? And the joy of the Lord is your strength. It never stops, guys. It never stops. This is how God loves me or how he leads me on the inside. We talk about, because we get so self-centered, oh, I need to be led. Pastor Elisa, you got to help me. I, I need to be led by the Spirit of God. God has to tell me what to do because I've got to make decisions and this and that, and right? God lo God's love leads you on the inside. Love is leading you. Do you know the key to laying hold of your whole inheritance is when you don't have your eyes on you? And this is what his love will do. You'll get so consumed in, oh my gosh, he loves me so much. You're growing in a revelation. I can't describe it because it's multidimensional. It's, it's something not of this world. Love is not a feeling Love is a person. I don't, see, people think, oh, I feel love. Right? No, 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 no. No, we got to go deeper. I know love. I'm led by love. Salvation is knowing love. Do you see that? And when you get that right, being led by the Spirit of God will become very simple because now it won't be a principle. Show me a Christian that literally is, you know, I, I could quote every scripture. I've been in this thing a long time. And, and you know, and, and just without knowing how much God loves them, you'll see them. They just don't look happy. Why? Because they, they, they have not walked in this revelation yet. God wants to break walls down in all of us and take us deeper in our revelation of how much he loves us. 
God's love. See, salvation is like a well springing up. That's, that's the love of God. It leads you as you're going through life. Have you ever, some of the biggest problems we've had in churches, thank God we don't have that here, the intercessory prayer group that leads to division. Why? Because it's not dripping in love. Right? And, and when people don't know how much they're loved, they hurt because we're created to be loved by God. And hurt people hurt people. Right? So as you're going out, have you ever been going out about your business and all of a sudden, man, you meet somebody and you're just drawn to them? Right? What is that? Love is leading me. That happens to me every day. Right? I mean, I walk in this church. I just, when I look at you guys, I mean, I'm enjoying your presence today, but I enjoyed your presence this morning. Right? It's just so wonderful. Now we have the potential, the potential to dominate our senses, our feelings, and emotions as we learn how to simply yield to that gushing that's happening on the inside of us. Many of us, could you imagine what it's like? You gotta really do a lot to try to stop something gushing, right? And that's, that's where a lot of Christians, that's inner turmoil. They're just saying no to God because maybe the way they grew up, the way they've been hurt by others. Oh, numerous things. But I'm here to tell you, the love of God is greater than anything if you'll just make a decision to just yield to him. Not to it, but yield to him. And see, as I know love, now I'm able to feel love, express love. Though, see, People will say, well, no, love is a feeling. Man, you know, the first time I met my wife, tons of feelings. Every time I see her, tons of feelings. But that's a byproduct of love, me knowing him. That's how come if somebody doesn't know God, if they're not born again, they don't... Every, every bit of love that they walk in, it's natural. It's, all, it's just conditional, which is not really love at all because... God's not conditional. He doesn't say, man, I'm telling you, if you don't do this, then I'll never love you. No, no, his love is unconditional. Now we have the capacity to love our enemies, to love the unlovely. Now you and I can override our emotions as we yield to love. You can go from being real mad and really upset and even offended at somebody, it just erases it when you yield to the love of God in your heart. To the point where you'll stand beside yourself and go, wow, this is amazing that I can't even feel upset towards this person. See, without Romans 5.5, 5, Jesus could have never given us the new commandment 
of love, that we're to love our brothers and sisters as he loved us, we wouldn't be able to do that, right? Now, in other words, and this should be the predominant, the predominant characteristic of us as the church in this earth. We are to love with God's capacity. People are to, you should be able to see to people, listen, as you see me love you, you'll know how God loves you. That is the goal, right? This is what we're talking about, and this, my friend, is how you walk by faith. This is how you walk in strength and joy and peace and all of these things. It is understanding and having a revelation knowledge which only comes as a result of putting the word of God first and meditating in his word day and night. And the Holy Spirit opens up the love of God to you. You get a revelation of it in your heart that will affect your mind, okay? So Romans chapter eight in verse 32 says this. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Why do people think that, well, they buy into this stuff that they hear, well, you know, God heals some but not others. That's actually ridiculous to think that God has provided healing for everyone. Why would somebody believe that nonsense? Because it's not in the Bible. They hear it in church, but it's not in the Bible. Why would they think that, well, you know, this, this horrible thing has happened in my life, but it's just, you know, it's my cross to bear, and God has done this to me, or God has allowed this in my life to really, you know, he has a deeper purpose for me. Why would somebody think something ridiculous like that? But no, no, God says, no, I, I, I teach you with my word. Right? I, I'm no respecter of persons. He just loves and that never runs out. It doesn't matter how many times a person messes up. He doesn't, it, it, does, it never wanes. See, he that spared not his own son, but delivered, up, delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give you and I all things? God freely gives you and I things to overcome all of the things that you face. Okay? Now, if you jump down to verse 38, this is all leading up, where Paul, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, pens this, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. This word in the Greek means nor any other created thing. There has never been anything that has ever been created that can do this, that shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're in Christ. We are literally in love. Nothing can ever separate you. When you do wrongly, when your behavior does not line up, run back to him, never run away from him because he's wanting, he wants you. First John, let's look at this again. 
chapter 4, verse 7. 1 John, chapter 4, verse 7. When you tell somebody about Jesus, listen, guys, the goal, there's so many Christians out there, or maybe they're not Christians, we don't know. I think there's a lot of people that think they're Christians that aren't because we're living in a time of great self-deception. But whether they are or whether they're not, this is what you do. Get everybody reading 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Tell them to go back and read the Gospel of John. After they get done there, tell them to go back and read 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John three or four more times. And then they could start in Matthew and start reading through the New Testament. Why? Because we've got to... We've got to get them to see over and over some of these verses so that they can start to see that God loves them. Because everything flows out of that. Every word that you speak out of your mouth, all of the actions that, come, that you do are based on where you're at in the revelation of how God loves you. That's, that's the litmus test. So he says, I'm per persuaded nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. And then he says this in verse 7 of 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. And this means, this word knows again, means to know God intimately. Okay? To know him and to experience him. That's what this word genosco means. To know him and to experience him on the most intimate level. Is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God. If you're not walking in love towards others, then you will not Literally, you will not know him and experience him on the most personal and intimate level. That's what this is saying. Right? We said this earlier. We said it a little earlier today. Love is not a feeling. Feelings are not the evidence of love. Love is a person. And the action, we went big into this in the other messages, the action of love is to be a doer of God's word. The action of love. See, the cool thing is, now you can keep the commandments, this new commandment, which literally fulfills the whole law. I mean, all you gotta do, John 13, 34, and 35, you obey that, you'll have a great marriage. You know, because we know the love of God never fails, love your children that maybe hate you right now. Just keep loving them. Keep, keep yielding and being a doer of the word towards them. And you'll have the confidence to declare that love never fails. My relationship with my son or my daughter or my grandson or my granddaughter will be restored. Amen. Right? And many times the way it's restored is they get born again and they know how much God loves them and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wow. Dad's been loving me with that love. Now before maybe dad was a mess and he wasn't, but 
I've seen him do that. He was, he's changed. And I, now I know the change. Right? When I led my, uh, my youngest sister, who I never knew, I never knew I had, you know, I, was, I grew up as an only child, but I, I found out this other family. I never knew my biological father, so I found out I was one of nine. And when I met my youngest sister, you know, we, Jeanette and I, we led her to Christ. You know, she, she still lives in Chicago. She was the only one that was raised by my biological father. When we led her to Christ, she told me, she said, you know, our dad died of lung cancer, and he was not a good man. You know, he was in the mob, and he was a killer, and uh, never knew him. And she said, though, when he passed away, she goes, Tony, I was there. He looked up at me right as he passed, and I saw the same peace on his face that I felt when I asked Jesus into my heart. So maybe the first time I meet him might be in heaven, right? I'm telling you, the love of God is greater than anything. Being a doer of the word of God is walking in love. You cannot say you walk in love if you're not a doer. Does that, does that make sense? Makes it real simple. So 1 John chapter 3 and verse 14, look at this. We know. How do we know that we're born again? We know that we have passed from death unto life because we love our brothers and sisters. That is to constantly tell me. Right? Interesting. He that loves not his brother... Now, this is a word that I want to show you. This is a Greek word. It's the Greek word meno. He that loves not his brother abides. It's the Greek word meno. It is the Strong's number G3306. If you don't love your brother, you abide in death. This word literally means to settle down and to remain, and to stay, and continue in a place. If you don't love your brothers and sisters, you will literally settle down, and stay, and remain, and continue in death. Now, I don't think I need a show of hands of who would like to do that. You know? No, you know, I don't want to go to the Zoe Life Hotel I think I'm just going to go live in the death house. Yeah, no. Right? You wouldn't do this automatically. Satan has to get your eyes off Jesus and onto things to confuse you enough to start living this way. I, I love one of the things that Joyce Meyer, and again, I'm not putting my stamp of approval on her ministry, but one of the things that she said that's amazing, and there's a lot of good things in her ministry. I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying don't, you know. But this is one thing I love. Is she said, you know, unforgiveness is like you drinking poison, expecting your enemy to die. Right? Powerful statement. John chapter 15, verses 9 and 10, it says this. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. 
And then he says this, continue in my love. Continue. Greek word, meno. Strong's number, G3306. Same word. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now Jesus says, now I want you to settle down, remain, stay, and continue in my love. And then he tells us how to do this. If you keep my commandments, hmm, if you love your brothers and sisters in the same way that God loves you, right? If you keep my commandments, you shall abide, meno, G3306. You shall just literally settle down, stay, remain, and continue, look at this, in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide, meno, Settle down, remain, stay, and continue in his love. How did Jesus do that? He had, to he had to obey. I think it's awesome that Pastor Dave talked about obedience. Why will you eat the good of the land? When you're willing and obedient, guess what? You settle down, you remain, you stay, and you continue in God's love. What does that mean? You literally walk. The environment that you live in, your house, is dripping with how much God loves you. And to do that, you got to be a doer of his word. But that's so hard, Pastor. No, no, no. It's so hard if you're trying to do it in your own strength. But no, no, the Holy Spirit helps us. None of us are going to stand before the Lord and go, you know what, yeah, I know. But man, the reason why I was doing this, it just was eating my lunch. No, we're, you know, and you just, and, and we're going to see, oh my gosh, sin has never had dominion over us, right? I love that. Here's a scripture talking about abide that we, faith people, we say all the time. John chapter 15, verse 7. You know this one. If you abide in me, meno, are you tired of me saying that yet? G3306, right? <laughs> to settle down, to remain, to stay, and to continue. If you abide in me, well, how do I do that? By loving my brothers and sisters. By being a doer of his word. And my words abide, guess what Greek word that is? Meno, right? G3306, to settle down, to remain. I mean, the Lord told me to do this. To remain, to stay, and to continue in. If my words abide in you, you shall ask whatever you will, and it shall be done unto you. Why can you ask whatever you will? Because when you settle down and remain and continue in and stay in the love of God, your will now has conformed with his will. So, and this word ask, you'll ask whatever you will. 
That means to call for, it's the Greek word aito. It means I call for, I require, I make a demand for. Father, I, I require my healing. Satan has illegally attacked my body. I just, I just believe I receive that. I can't do that if I'm not abiding in him and his word abiding in me. Same Greek word. Isn't that something? Wow. John chapter 14, verse 21. He that hath, or he that holds my commandments and keeps them. This means to keep, to watch over, to keep my eye upon, to guard, to attend, and keeps them. He it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him. And look at this, and will manifest myself to him. Okay, who is? What, what, what does it mean if I will manifest myself? That means to reveal, to uncover. We're talking revelation knowledge of him, which is revelation knowledge of his word. So I'm telling you, if you don't hold the word of God, keep your eye on it, right? James says it this way, the doer of the word looks and keeps on looking. Same exact word. How do you, how do you go from being a hearer of the word, like today, you're hearing this, but how do you go to where you apply this to your life? You grab hold of the word and you keep looking at it. And all hell is going to try to get you to take your eyes off of it, put it on yourself, your circumstances, your situations. But if you will do that, you will get revelation. The Holy Spirit will be able to open up the word of God in your heart. And that's why you have to abide in love. So that you can walk in a constant revelation of the word of God so that you're constantly hearing the word which causes faith to be there. That's how you walk by faith. Show me a person who can quote every faith scripture and who does not walk in love, does not walk under the light of it, does not live in love, and I'm sorry, you won't see a lot happening in their life. Right? But if you, if you haven't seen a lot happening in your life, today is the greatest message on gaining revelation, of knowing God, of walking in, by faith, of walking in love, of walking in strength, it all gets back to you have to make a decision. As I grab hold of the word of God, keep my eyes on it, which literally causes me to be able to become a doer of it. How do I do that? I do that with my mouth. It is written, I, I, keep, I keep saying it over and over and over. I get stung by somebody and I say, Father, I thank you that I forgive them because you've forgiven me much. And I harbor nothing against them. Father, don't hold that against them in the same way that you don't hold any of my sin against me. It's all been gone, right? So you walk in this, and that's how you gain revelation. And all of a sudden, let's talk, let's, okay, now we're going to do a series on being led by the Spirit of God. When the Holy Spirit opens the word, guess what? It's a lamp to your feet, Amen. and it lights your path. The Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in the word of God. So you must be a doer of the word to love God. Wow. 
revelation knowledge of his word comes as we love God by continuing in his word. Do you see why Satan is trying to keep people out of the word? I just don't have time. I could feel people right now in my spirit going, but I just don't have time. Why, why do you not have time? Here it is. The Lord would say to you right now, you have prioritized your life and filled your schedule up with too many things. Amen. Yeah, but you don't understand. I've got to. No, 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 no. You don't have to. Right? And man, the Lord would encourage you today. Don't miss his plan for your life. Oh, it may look so right in the natural, but if it's not him, it's not right. Success is very, it's, it's simply this. Are you doing what he's called you to do? Amen. You know, the Bible says, man, many are called, but few are chosen. What does that mean? I know people that have massive gifts inside of them, but they've chosen other things. I could see it 8 million miles away because, because of my worthlessness for years, I was running from everything that God wanted me to do because, you know, I just thought, man, I'll end up in prison. I'll assault somebody if they treat me like that. Now it's like, pff, that was so, so much a lie, right? I'm, I mean, I've got the love of God gushing out of me all the time. It constantly reminds me that I was dead in my trespasses and sins, and God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh. I'm quoting Romans 8. And for sin condemned every one of my sins once and for all in the body of Jesus. He put, a, put my sins as far as the east is from the west. Those two points never, never touch. He remembered my sin no more. Why? Because it's been eradicated. The blood of Jesus didn't cover it, it eradicated it. And now I stand righteous in the presence of God based on what Jesus did, not based on me. And that causes me to love people unconditionally. So in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, and we have known, known, genosco, Right? to know him and experience him on the most personal and intimate level. We have known and believed the love that God hath, and again, this Greek phrase, to us, would be probably more accurately translated, in us. God is love, and he that dwells in God, or dwells in love, dwells. Who could tell me what that word? that Greek word is. All of you Greek scholars out there. Meno, huh? What, do you know the Strong's number of that one? Yeah, yep, that's right. G3306. There we go. We got it. It means to settle down. I mean, this is probably new to you if you haven't heard this yet. To settle down, to remain, to stay and continue. Wow. God is love and he that dwells in love, dwells, I bet you know, I'll take it for granted that you know what that word is, dwells in God and God in him. Wow. Isn't that good news? 
verse 17, herein, herein, verse 16, herein is our love made perfect. It's brought to completion. It's finished that we may have boldness. Remember what I said that word meant? The Greek word boldness means that we might have freedom to speak. Boldness. When you are bold, and boldness is not arrogance. Arrogance is look at me, I'm all that. Boldness is look at God, he's all that. And when you have boldness, boldness only comes because you know God intimately, experience him on the most intimate level. When you're bold, you will speak. You won't put up, you won't shut up with anything Satan's trying to do in your life. Right? You'll have boldness in the day of judgment. Now, this is not the great white throne judgment. This isn't the judgment seat of Christ. No, this word means in the day of crisis, in the day when you are being accused, in the day where something is trying to separate you. Separate you from what? Your faith. You'll have boldness when something is trying, when a crisis, see, what does a crisis do? It tries to separate you from your faith. Why did that crisis come? Because Satan hates you? Well, of course, he hates everybody. But you're not really the issue. He wants to separate you from your faith. Because if he separates you from faith, you're done. You can't receive anything from God. Right? So you'll have boldness in the day of judgment, in the day of crisis. I love that. And then he says this. You'll have boldness. You'll speak. You'll stand when a crisis comes, why can you do that? Because as he is seated in a place of all authority, as he is, so are you, but the difference is you're here on the earth. In other words, now you understand why he said, Luke 10, 19, behold, I give you, Christian, delegated authority over all, right? Or what does it say? To tread upon, that means to have absolute mastery over the whole satanic hierarchy and over all the ability of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Wow. Herein is our love made perfect. See, again, herein what? Because we have known and believe the love that God has in us. God is love. He that dwells in love dwells in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of crisis. Because as he is, so are we in the world. In other words, he said all authority in heaven, on earth. Now we're, now we're doing a series on authority. Has been given to me. And now I'm giving it all to you. And it's all in my name. The power, we sang about it. The power of the name of Jesus, it brings him on the scene. When you realize, when you speak, you are filled with love. You are God's child. You're one spirit with him. You don't come to church and worship. You're not a worshiper. You are worship. And guess what? When those sounds come out of your mouth that are coming from your heart, he inhabits the praises of his people, and that's where strongholds fall, miracles happen, direction comes, freedom and restoration come. So don't let him steal your worship. 
well, that's just not my personality. You just don't, you've never met yourself yet. I remember when the Lord told me, Tony, I can't wait to introduce you to you. Who you really are in me. I let everything else define my identity. Why do you think Satan's coming against identity so strong? What do you think the byproduct of people not even knowing if they're a boy or a girl? I mean, why? Why? Because if I could choose who I am, I am not glorifying God. And according to God's word, Satan knows this, I'll be given over to my vain imaginations. My foolish heart will be darkened and it'll grow into a reprobate mind and I won't know God. So get ready. Right? Get ready for a lot of gender changes in the church. We've got to love everyone with the love of God. Because we have to have our identity in him. He is the creator. He is the only one that has a right to define who you are, and he has done it. And your past doesn't dictate who you are, right? Don't let your past mess you up. This is good news. Hallelujah. Herein is our love brought to completion. This is the Tony Finley commentary on verse 17 that we may have boldness in the day of crisis, because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there's no fear in love. There is no fear in love. When you allow the gushing of the love of God to come out of you, it is impossible for you to fear because you're just saturated in, in his love for you. That's why perfect love, it casts out fear because fear has torment. I love that. He that fears is not made perfect in love. And then this is how, this is why we know when we teach on the love of God, what we are talking about is this verse right here. We love him because he first loved us. It all originates with him. Why? Because he is love. So now I want you, are you ready? You're, we're, we're done with the introduction. <laughs> so now go to Ephesians chapter 3. Going to go a little further. I think we've gone a little further today. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Look at this now. This is a prayer. This is, um, this is a prayer of supplication. There's nine different prayers that you could identify in the New Testament. Every one of them has different rules of how they work. The prayer of supplication is a prayer you could pray for yourself or for another believer, always as the Holy Spirit stirs you, to help them lay hold of the plan of God for their life. That's what supplication is. It looks a lot like intercession. That's how come we get those two mixed up. Intercession, we pray for an unbeliever in order to connect them with God. So a lot of the intercessory groups that are praying for the church, they're really supplication groups that intercede from time to time, right? Now, are there intercessors? Absolutely are. We're going to see people in heaven. We're going to see people in heaven that were never in what we would call full-time ministry that literally prayed millions of people into the kingdom, right? So Paul now, 
He follows his desire. If you study the book of Ephesians, we don't have time to do it up to verse 14. He follows his desire with a prayer to God for the people's strength and fullness. This now, verses 14 through 19, it's one complete sentence. Paul was the master of run-on sentences. We should say the Holy Spirit is the master. Wish I would have known that in high school. I'd be like, listen, teacher, I'm just, be, I'm just being like my father, okay? Commas, all that other stuff, that's part of it, you know? I just got to keep going. This is the second prayer listed in Ephesians. So verse 15, or verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees, so, so this is indicating a heart attitude of humility, of reverence, of honor, of respect, of adoration, of praise and worship unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see the heart there? It's all heart. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Do you know this is the only time in Scripture where the church is described as a family? We are a family. And we're not just a family here. We're, a fam we're one with heaven. It's going to be cool when we learn the other end of worship. That when we're worshiping here, they're worshiping there. That a worship team, they're going to realize they're being moved by heaven. Right? I love that. Of whom the whole family. That he would grant you, now check this out, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. God wants you. He wants you to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. Ephesians 6 says it like this. Be strong in the Lord. Be continuously strengthened inwardly in the Lord. We are never to walk in our own strength. The Amplified Classic of this verse says, May he grant you, out of the rich treasury of his glory, to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty, with mighty power in the inner man by the Holy Spirit himself dwelling in your innermost being and personality. This prayer is literally a whole sermon on how to walk in the fullness of God. Wow. The first thing mentioned is the Lord strengthening us through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's item number one in the sermon of how to be filled with all the fullness of God. Now notice this is written to Christians. So you could be a child of God and not experience this. But God wants every one of his kids to experience this. The first thing mentioned then, he wants you strong. Many believers fall short in their walk with the Lord because they're trying so hard in their own strength to live for God instead of allowing God to live through them. 
The key to victory as a believer is learning how to depend completely on the Holy Spirit for strength. You have to learn that because we're so, I got to do it. I could handle this. We got to get out of that. No, no. God didn't call you to live a natural life. He called you to live a supernatural life. Right? He didn't call you to just have a few natural results in your life. No, he called you to yield divine fruit. You can't do that without him. That's the key. That say, let me say this again because there are people that need to get this. The key to victory as a believer is learning how to completely depend on the Holy Spirit in you for strength. All power for the believer originates from the person of the Holy Spirit. Why do you think Satan loves it when churches go, well, you know, I just don't, we kind of, you know, in our best day, we maybe put the Holy Spirit, we ask him to be in a back closet somewhere. And, you know, I just, that baptism of the Holy Spirit stuff, it's a little uncomfortable, so we just don't talk about that. Satan loves that because no power. No power, right? We, we need power. Verse 16, that he would grant you, let me read verse 16, then we're going to go into 17 now, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Why? That Christ, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love. That you being rooted, this means securely settled. Have you ever noticed when you have inner turmoil, lots going on in your life, you just don't feel settled. God wants you securely settled. But not only that, he wants you also grounded. This word literally means deeply founded in what? Love. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and then immediately he starts talking about you being rooted and grounded in love. Wow. So in other words, the agape love of God is what saturates the soil of your spirit so that faith can flourish. The soil, remember the parable of the sower? It described four different types of soil, which were the hearts of men. The soil that produces has to be saturated in love. Agape love has no strings attached. You love with no strings. The quality of the soil, and Morris, every farmer here, the quality of the soil determines the flavor and fruitfulness of the crop. Right? The fruit we produce as Christians is a, re, is a, direct, a direct reflection and result of the condition of the soil of our hearts. If you want to know what soil you are, look, at, look around you. God, your Father, your Lord, the mighty Holy Spirit, your Helper, He desires that the soil of your heart be saturated 
in his character of love so that all that you say and all that you do reflects him. English just is, it's just not, I hope you get that. He wants you so saturated that you are literally a reflection of who he is. To be successful in ministry, you got to be deadened to the praise of people and the persecution of people. How do you do that? Man, you just walk like this. And, and you, you walk in freedom the moment that you are not about you anymore. We're not made to be about us. And I don't have to be about me because God is so about me. He will take care. He has a way of blessing me beyond anything I could even imagine. So I don't have to focus on that. So rooting and grounding deals with the foundation. What are we talking about? How to be filled with the fullness of God. Rooted like a tree. Grounded like a building built on a strong foundation. The foundation of faith is what? It is a revelation knowledge of God's love for you. God's love for you, again, is not based on your character or your performance. It is based on his character and his performance. Think about every religion in the world versus us. Do you know we are the only classified religion in the world where the worshiper is worshiping the God who is inside them? I love that. Somebody had an oh, amen moment, right? I live in that moment all the time. It's a wonderful moment. It brings great strength into your life when you completely understand that there is nothing, there is nothing that you could ever do that would change God's love for you. It brings so much strength into your life. Paul is speaking of an intimate understanding, an experiential knowledge of the depths of God's love. So just as a tree's roots provide stability and nourishment for the tree, so also our revelation of God's love for us is the foundation on which everything else we receive from God is built. Right? This is so important. So now let's read verses 16 and let's jump. I'm going to read 16, 17, and we're going to talk about 18. This is so, isn't this good this morning? When you talk about the love of God, it starts manifesting. I feel, I literally feel like I'm in a cloud right now. Like when, I, when I'm walking, I could, feel, I, I could feel, it's like I'm walking through something. When I study sometimes, man, this will fill my office and I could feel it pressing. But it's, a, it's the craziest feeling because it's coming from the inside, but I feel it on the outside. So it's, it's going out and it's pressing. I don't know. I just love the ride. So verse 16 again, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, 
verse 18, may be able to comprehend. This word comprehend means that you may be able to lay hold and make it your own. That you may be able to lay hold and make it your own. What? The love of Christ, which passes, the Greek word would be more accurately translated, which surpasses knowledge. That you might be filled I love this. This word filled means that you might be crammed full, furnished. And here's a big one. How many of you like to be satisfied in life? Do you know you can never be satisfied? Nothing in this world will ever satisfy you. But when you are able to lay hold and make your own the love of God to where it, it fills you, you could, because part of this Greek word means you're satisfied. When you're filled with all the fullness of God, which is you're filled with love. This word also means completely and perfectly supplied. Isn't that amazing? The, that, and to know the love of Christ, which passes or surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. That's, that's spiritual maturity, right? In other words, if, you, if you're happy about being spiritually mature, guess what? It's 100% him. Yeah. If it wasn't for him, I'd probably be one of the biggest babies in this church. But man, I draw from him, right? I love that. I love this. Wow. You may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Verse 18, let's look at this. What is the breadth, length, depth, and height? God's love is not one-dimensional. It's multi-dimensional. And we comprehend it with all the saints. What do you, why with all the saints? Because you can only do this as you love your brothers and sisters. Does that make sense? Makes it real simple, doesn't it? Verse 19, and to know, Janosko, to know him and experience him on the most intimate and personal level, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow, I, could, I, I just want to keep reading these scriptures. See, the end result of having this knowledge and understanding of God's love for you is that you're going to be filled with all the fullness of God. And here's the thing, guys. You could be saved and not know this. And that's why we have to live it so we can help our brothers and sisters to know this. And so that, so that people that don't know God will not look at him as what they've been portrayed. But you know now anymore... It's not that people think, oh, that God, man, he's just out to get you. That's the way it was. Right? All those years of youth ministry, man, we dealt with kids who are like, yeah, me and God, we got this agreement. You know, he doesn't mess with me, I don't mess with him. <laughs> now you talk to people about God and they're like, I've, I've never heard anything about Jesus. Right here in America. Right? Because the church has been silenced. Why? Because we don't know how much God loves us. Say la, right? Now you ready for the cherry? Look at this. 
when you're filled with love and filled with the knowledge of love and filled with all the fullness of God, now unto him, verse 20, that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. Actually, the Greek word means beyond. All that we ask or think according to the dunamis power that works in us. That works. This, mean, this word works means actively works in us. The power works as we are filled with the fullness of God, which means we're filled with a revelation of the fullness of God's love for us. This verse, now check this out. This verse ties the use of his ability to the power that works in us. His ability to work for you is completely dependent on the power working in you. He can't work for you to perform all that he's given you in this realm unless there's a power working in you. Okay? No power working in you of how much God loves you. He's unable to manifest the healing and the provision. He can't do it. Why? Because you won't believe him. You won't think you're worthy. You won't, you won't, you'll be in fear, which cuts you off. I mean, all this stuff. See, do you see how this faith walk, really, it's not about you, it's about him. Our part is to be willing and obedient and to rest. Rest in what? The knowledge of how much he loves me. The love of God saturates the soil in which the word of God is planted and what grows? Faith. And faith will grow to bring whatever he's given you that's in the unseen realm right now to bring it right here in your body, in your finances, in your life. When you know the love of God and it becomes the inspiration and motivation of all that you think and all the inspiration and motivation of all that I think, of all that I say, and that of all that I do, when that happens, my heart is completely his. And that's what he wants. That's so good, I didn't come up with that. <laughs> the Holy Spirit came up with that. Tony, when you know my love, and that becomes the inspiration of all that you think and all that you say and all that you do, that's when there's such peace because my heart is completely his. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I'm going to close with this scripture. I'm going to pause with this scripture. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 6. It says, For in Jesus Christ... Neither circumcision avails anything nor uncircumcision. But what does avail? Faith which works by love. Again, that Greek word by could be translated through love. Faith works through love. And this word work is really interesting. It means to be brought about to be put in operation. Faith, which is brought about and put into operation through revelation knowledge that I possess of how much he loves me. Amen. 
See, faith grows out of that. You grow in faith. Faith works through the channel of God's love for you. Wow. Wow. Well, I shouldn't have said what I said a minute ago because I've got to read one more scripture. <laughs> and you have to forgive me because we're talking about love, right? So Hebrews 10, 23, I love this. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, right? Because he is faithful that promised. Today, if you leave here with nothing else, I hope you know that love is a person and he loves you so much. And the love of God, a revelation of that, will so fill you with the fullness of God that you'll walk out all of his plans for your life and that you'll live life on this earth, days of heaven on this earth. He wants you to rest. He wants you to be safe, right? I mean, right now, people are freaked out. We've been hearing all these words from God. Oh, a red wave. You know, all this, it's gonna just be wonderful. And then all of a sudden, boom, yesterday. Oh, Senate has Democratic control. Like that's too big for God. Oh, and now it's what? 211 to 2, I mean, it's getting close in the house. What would happen? Can we get beyond the Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, and let's be children of God with all authority, and let's walk, and let's love. The Bible doesn't say if the right people get in office, God will come heal our land. Now, that's a part of it, and we should pray for that, and we should vote. But don't limit God. Don't limit God and try to tell him how he has to work. Yeah, there's going to be, it's not really a red wave. It's going to be a crimson, crimson wave. It's called the blood of Jesus. And while we're here, Satan can't have our nation. Right? Right? Praise God. It's time for the church to wake up and be the church. Stop playing with all this pity stuff and, and pitily stuff and, and get to the root of the issue. The issue is Satan doesn't want anybody to know that God loves them. But we're going to shout this from the rooftops. We're going to walk in the freedom of it. It's going to be evident in our life and it's going to be evident through our lives. Amen?